Welcome to the My Opinion Podcast, a show that focuses on leadership, life, and love to empower women around the world to be the best versions of themselves. The My Opinion Podcast is a weekly show with Maya's Motivation Monday, focusing on leadership topics for women and special edition episodes that feature guest interviews and current events. Now, all in her opinion, here is your host, Maya Roffler. Hi guys, welcome back to Motivation Monday. I am continuing to talk about emotional intelligence and talking about the first pillar of emotional intelligence, which is self-awareness. And I've done an episode about self-awareness before, but this is really focusing on the four pillars of EQ or emotional intelligence. And I'm starting with self-awareness because I think everything really starts with self-awareness for EQ or emotional intelligence. But before I dive in, make sure you guys hit the subscribe, the like, and share to the My Opinion podcast, the leadership podcast for women. And thank you so much for continuing to listen to the My Opinion podcast. Okay, so let's dive in. So self-awareness, let's talk about that in relation to emotional intelligence and leadership. So many people believe that self-awareness is the foundation for emotional intelligence. And I think it is not only the foundation for EQ, but also it's essentially the ability to know truly yourself as not only an individual, but as a leader. And in my opinion, it seems that we all like to really believe that we're self-aware. But are we really? Are we really self-aware? Well, there was a study done, and if you follow me on social media, I've posted about it because I found it really fascinating. And the study was done with this exact topic about self-awareness, but pertaining to leadership. And I'm sure there's been a lot of studies done with this. But when asking leaders if they believed if they were self-aware, over 90% of them said that, yes, they were self-aware. They believed that they were self-aware. However, when they were tested on self, how self-aware they really were and truly were, only 10% of them were actually self-aware. And I'm curious if this surprises you. So let me know if this surprises you. The results from the study were not shocking to me, if you want to know. (laughs) I'm assuming you do since you're listening. But they definitely inspired me to write about this topic and to podcast about this topic. Because if you didn't know, I also have a blog now that goes with the podcast. So make sure you listen to that at myopinionpodcast.com. And... Again, you know, self-awareness just comes up and comes up for me in in leadership. And I think we believe just because we recognize some aspects about ourselves that are negative and that we're willing to share them, then we believe that we're self-aware because of those particular things. And it seems that sometimes we believe that vulnerability also equals self-awareness. And I Personally, while I appreciate vulnerability and it's a step in the right direction, I personally do not believe that to be true. I do not believe that you can be self-aware, though, without being vulnerable. But just because you all are vulnerable does not mean that you are self-aware. 
So that might be a little bit of a, a twist for you there. So it's, you know, I, again, it might sound confusing, <laughs> but think about it like this. Let me give you an example. If you are a CEO and you share with your team, and you're in a high-level position, right, and you share with your team that you're not the strongest in the creative design department, for example, you're sharing a vulnerability about your skills and a weakness or an area of opportunity, which is how I like to put it, because a weakness is really just an area of opportunity for us. Does this prove that you're self-aware, though? Mm. Not entirely, in my opinion. But why? Because you may be completely unaware of some other blind spots. Like, you may have difficulty confronting people about difficult topics or hard, challenging topics. Or you may not be aware that you're not always punctual to meetings. Maybe you think you are, but you're not. So how can you ensure that you are self-aware as a leader? Because just because you think like, oh, I'm very vulnerable, I share that I'm not that creative, so I lean into other people, that's not being completely self-aware. That's being vulnerable about one thing. So that's why I say just because you're vulnerable doesn't make you self-aware. But you cannot be self-aware without being vulnerable. That's why I say it like that. And that's why I believe that to be true, in my opinion. Well, the great news for everyone out there is that self-awareness is something that we can all grow and develop. It's just like exercising or practicing a skill. So first, you need to identify your strengths and weaknesses or areas of opportunity, as I like to call them. So at first, I recommend writing down all your strengths. I always prefer to start with the positives. I think it gets you in the right headspace. It builds you up. It makes you feel good. And be specific about your strengths, what you're good at, and how you're good at it. And if it helps, give situations where you have used these strengths to show yourself the truth behind it. Show yourself what is true. And write that all down. Visualize it. Remember it. Make it true. Make it, make it real for you. And of course, as you guessed, the next step is to be open about your areas of opportunities. Or as some people will call them, your weaknesses. This is where most people struggle. They really struggle with this part. Hence the study, the 90% versus the 10%, which is very interesting. So just know that's normal as you go into that part of this exercise or, or beginning of the practice of this skill and self-awareness and when you're starting to work on self-awareness. And the best way to understand your areas of opportunities or the best way to understand is to ask people around you. And you're probably sitting there squirming a little bit like, oh gosh, now I got to ask people for feedback. But yes, that is the best way because we only see so much of ourselves. So ask your team for feedback. Ask your supervisor for feedback. Ask anyone who will give you feedback that can give you value to your leadership role. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's great to have your spouse or your significant other or your children or your friends or people like that to give you feedback. But in a specific role, they might not be able to give you accurate feedback in your leadership role, 
in my opinion. So it's really important that you're asking the right people for feedback. Like, I definitely think it's important that you ask your spouse for feedback about your relationship because you need that feedback. You can't be objective about your own relationship. And that's also why you need sometimes another viewpoint, why you go to your friends for advice or, you know, with your children, you need advice from your significant other on how you're behaving with your children or in your friendships. You need a view from your spouse, perhaps. So those are all different relationship aspects. So that's why it's important that you get feedback from, in a leadership role, you get feedback from your team. So they see how you interact with other people. You get feedback from your supervisor. And then perhaps you get feedback from peers and from some people that you work with. So it's it's important to get a full scope of feedback. But asking for feedback can be really challenging in the beginning. And so a key to this is let people know that you're asking for it because you want it and show them that you're open to it. And showing it is is the key here. So when you tell them and then they give it to you, it might not be easy feedback to receive all the time, but receive it and be open to it. And showing them that is the key because then they'll want to give it to you. And that's how you're going to grow. That's how you become self-aware because you know, everyone's perspective might not be 100% accurate all the time, but perception is reality. So if you've made someone feel a certain way, that's somewhat true. There's some reality to that. So digging and finding that out and you being able to piece that together is working on your emotional intelligence. That's about being self-aware and being able to break that down and understand how that happened not whether or not it's true. How did it really happen? How did that happen? How did that break down? That's increasing your emotional intelligence as a leader. It's very important. When I first started to share with you as a leader, I did not ask for feedback. It was just showered on me. I was really young, as most of you know who listen to the podcast. You know, at the ripe age of 21, 22, I was, you know, leading a little bit before that, but being completely on my own at 22 in a leadership role, I wasn't sitting there going, please tell me. I was asking for help in other ways. I wasn't asking for, like, tell me how I can be a better leader. I didn't even understand that I was really a leader. So it was criticism was being showered on me. And I have to say, you know, it took a toll on me. It, re- it really did. And it's not my recommendation for delivery. So if you are going to give that feedback out, I would recommend delivering it in a a different way. And I think it's a really good thing to give feedback, but delivery is, is key. And I talk about that on some of the other episodes and I'm going to do more about that. However, on the flip side, I will say now I'm exceptionally receptive to feedback because of that situation, because of what happened to me. But there are positive ways to learn how to receive feedback. And asking for it is one of the best ways, in my opinion. One of the best ways. Because it's showing people that you're open to it. Because if the first step is asking and then how you receive it. Ask and then show how you receive. And another great way, in my opinion, to learn about yourself and to become even more self-aware are assessments. And some of you may have taken these when you start a job or prior to starting a job. I enjoy giving these to my teams and in return sharing my own as well because then they know my strengths and areas of opportunities or weaknesses as you guys call them. 
and vice versa. So I share, they share. And the bonus to this practice is that it also helps you build a well-rounded team. There are a lot of personality tests out there and then also styles and ways you work and what you like and all of that. There's a, there's a lot. So you can get into all of them. You know, there's Myers-Briggs, all, the ones that go way back. But in my opinion, the DISC, like a, it's spelled like a floppy disk test is absolutely the best. It's the reason for it is I find that accuracy is so spot on and it's really work related. Uh, you can find a lot of the personality carry over into your personal life as well, but it works very well for work personality types. I'm putting the link in the show notes as well so you can check it out there. And it's also in my blog. But these types of tests are pretty objective as long as you answer honestly. So make sure you do that if you're really interested to find out. But they also make it pretty difficult for you to not answer honestly. And that's why I like them. But you know, this also increases your ability to be self-aware because you will learn from these tests what your strengths and your weaknesses or areas of opportunities are and helps you grow even more. So I encourage you to take those tests and then look at them. And if you're curious, you know, so the DISC is D-I-S-C, and then those are the different personalities. I'm a high D, so share with me what you are. I'd love to, to learn what you are. And usually you're a little bit of a combination, so I'm also a little bit of an I. So as you work on your ability to be self-aware, you will develop naturally as a leader. It's just a given. And as an individual, and the more self-aware that you become, the better you can serve others. And you know how I feel about servant leadership. It is leadership. Higher EQ means better leadership execution because the more we are aligned with who we are and our emotions the better we are as a person, the more aligned we are as a person, and the more aligned we can be as a leader and the people we're leading. In my opinion, you must begin working on yourself and self-awareness to better understand the full scope of emotional intelligence. That's why I begin with this in the four pillars. It's just like anything else in life. It takes practice, and you must understand yourself before understanding others. Thank you so much for listening to the My Opinion Podcast. You can catch up on past episodes on the My Opinion Podcast website at www.myopinionpodcast.com as well as read the My Opinion blog and contact Maya directly with your questions. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at My Opinion Podcast and Maya Roffler. We'll see you back here next week.